Welcome back to another episode of the Pitch Pod, everyone. I'm your host, Jeff Stebbins. Join with me, as always, is my co-host, Joe Janner. Joe, how are you doing this evening? Jeff, I'm doing well, as always. Happy to be a part of the Pitch Pod. Looking forward to conversation, recapping what we witnessed in El Clasico, and then looking forward to our international break match that we'll discuss France versus Netherlands. So again, always happy to be here. Excited. Absolutely. El Clasico, that was a really, really fun matchup. Obviously, Barcelona v. Real Madrid. Neither of us got that one right, but it was quite a matchup. So, Joe, can you take us through what happened in that match? Yeah, you said it. In a sense, it wasn't where we thought it was going to go, but it was definitely a well-contested match and very exciting from the get-go all the way through the end. You know, the early on goal essentially kind of came out of nowhere. It was a cross from Vinicius Jr. I think you could look at it 500 times and say, how could that just be? But it is. That's the game. And so get Real Madrid an early lead was very helpful for what they were trying to do. And then you you see it was late in the first half, the equalizer from Sergio Roberto. And then, you know, you go into the second half thing. Okay, so it's still anybody's game. And really, you know, I, I, my notes included more so the fact that it wasn't so much what Barcelona was doing, but more so what Real Madrid failed to do or wasn't able to do in this match that then we talked about the late winner from Kessie to win it. But I mean, in between all that, there was a whole lot for me that Real Madrid wasn't doing that is indicative of that scoreline. You know, you are we going to get into individual player performances? I thought Benzema really was ineffective. You know, some of the commentators that I was listening to suggested he was the word or use the word tame. And I was almost looking at suggesting, well, you know, again, aside from not trying to knock him too much for, for being a 35 year old striker, kind of wondered if the way that his approach and some of his opportunities missed, it lent himself to, to a player that's either hurt or again, in previous contests, going back to Champions League, maybe overused. And so that's, kind of, so that's a couple of my takeaways really initially from that match. With all being said, still exciting. And, and again, congratulations to Barcelona for winning. Yeah, I think most people left with the impression, like, what, what's happening with Benzema? Because typically he, he's a great striker, and, you know, I, he was involved in some plays and, and doing some, some very basic things. But a player of that caliber, despite his age, you expect him to do more. So uh, it's understandable, the criticism. You know, I, I don't know if I'm ready to kind of like what you said. I, I feel like some of the criticism criticism was a little bit overly harsh. And maybe, yeah, maybe he is playing through an injury. It's, it's tough to tell. But a lot of the game, it seemed like Real Madrid was relying on Vinicius Jr. on that left side to kind of make something happen. And he's a great player. He's amazing. But it's easier said than done. And, and, and so – I felt like every time I was watching the, the game, it was always him with the ball on the left side trying to do something one-on-one. It, is that kind of what you noticed as well, Joe? Yeah, I think I used the word over-reliance on that as, you know, like maybe one-dimensional in the attack. Even at times when they look to win the ball and transition, you would you would see limited numbers of Real Madrid players, mainly the two center mids, a couple of center mids not joining in the attack. And I mean, when Barcelona, as well as they 
or what they have been able to do is to get back and transition to defensive shape when you know you're you're at any level if you're going to take two attack two or three attacking players versus their seven or eight that's well dug in and defensively it's going to be a struggle and then like again going back I would like to see there was one time where I think Benicia has cut inside as opposed to staying out wide and trying to get get around and, and take the player one on one. There was a little bit different dimension to it. I think maybe even going further. I don't know if Real Madrid's tried often as much to see what it would look like to give him the free reins to switch sides at times. So it's not always overly dependent, again, on tacking on that left hand side is what we saw in this contest. And then, I mean, if we're going to get into it, if you look at the substitutions that were made, Asensio and then uh, Rodrigo, they came on. They looked like they were more up for the contest, if you will. And I think Rodrigo even had a really early chance just after his substitution. So is it was it a Real Madrid side that was, again, playing a little bit one-dimensionally as far as what their plan of attack was? I think that's, for me, what stood out. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you have to think that the manager, hopefully for the next match, is thinking, you know, how else can we utilize – Messias Jr., right? We we know he's great, but we also know he's always going to be on that left side trying to do something magical with his feet. And so how else could you use him? And I like what you said, you know, could he cut in earlier and then have a run off that? So that, that makes sense to me, uh, Joe. I, I like that. Um, but also, I don't want to take away from Barcelona because they did win this match and, and they were playing a Great team, really good competition. So, Joe, who was your man of the match? I think of this when you have that type of game and then you see the, a goal scorer come through late in Kessie to, to win it. And at the time, I think that's got to be the guy that you give the man the match to. Winning goal, winning contest. Again, Barcelona, the three points to, to further separate themselves from Real Madrid. I think there was some all but maybe – Myself and others, you know, it's, it's over, but I don't. I think we're far from it. But being that far of a separation, so again, the winner, Kessie scoring, my man of the match. That makes sense. That's fair enough. Uh, you know, I, Joe, you may not be surprised when I tell you my man of the match, right? I haven't given it away yet, but I think it's going to make sense once I say it. Okay, my okay. man of the match, Lewandowski for Barcelona. Okay, I could see. I mean, he had his chances and, you know, didn't find the back of the net. But I, I, I think it's fair to look to see that whenever you have a player of that caliber out there, right, that you have to be aware of what he does. And is, is that that's what you're suggesting? His contribution and his 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 influence on the game is enough for you, it sounds like. Exactly. I don't think those two goals happen if he's not on the field. Uh, the first one, he took the ball in the corner and created a distraction while all the defenders were flocking to him and then he didn't get the assist on that no but he kind of started that whole movement of the ball and then the goal happened so with with him not taking that ball into the corner and causing some confusion for the defensive players I don't see that goal happening and then the second goal he actually set up really nicely with a back heel pass so even though he didn't That's have right. a goal throughout the throughout the match, I felt like if Barcelona didn't have him out on the field, it, maybe they finished that game with no goals. I think that's great. I think that's a great analysis of, of that performance. And that, yeah, I, for, I almost forgot about the back heel was brilliant in a sense. And again, yeah, hats was. off to him. Hats off Barcelona. And again, like I said, I'm not going to write the title or give the title to them yet. 
you still have numerous matches, but it does really help their chances to win it this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. So looking ahead, Joe, the match that we chose to focus on, it is France v. Netherlands. And I think this is going to be another really, really fun game. I think it's going to be close. We have lots of stars in both on both teams in the lineup. So what, what's your initial impressions going into this match? Well, you're looking at an international break that's featuring in the first round of the Euro qualifiers. It's always exciting. And when you get two top European teams facing each other off at this point, you got to look excited, be excited for it. You know, France got to have a little bit bitterness to them, you know, for being runners up in the World Cup. But here's their opportunity to show that they are, again, one of the best out in the world, but, but certainly in Europe. And, you know, the key players, we're, we're going to be watching to see what Mbappe is, is going to be a part of, how he's going to be a part of the squad and what he'll do in the performance. So I think this is a match to look forward to. I mean, not to cite the Netherlands, because we know that they still have their ability to do well in these type of contests. And I, so I think it would be really well-contested and an exciting match. Absolutely. Yeah. If, if both Mbappe and Giroud are playing and they're playing at the top of their game, I, I, I think France is going to really have an advantage going into this, but as you said, Netherlands, strong, strong team. So it, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun one to watch. So I'm ready for my prediction whenever you are Joe, but I, I don't want to rush you. So it, it's up to you. No, I think, and this, again, this first round, I mean, we're in France. The players that you suggested, knowing what they're after and what they have to prove in a sense. And again, whether the Netherlands, as quality as they are, can find the means to produce goals. I, I see France doing well to win this. I have the winning 2-0, Jeff. All right. Okay. So, all right. That, that, that I could easily see that happening, being in France. If they're if they're if Mbappe is there and he's playing uh, at the top of his game, I I could easily see that happening. Especially if there's a PK, yeah. So that I, I, that makes sense to me. I I too am going to go with France, but I'm going to go with France winning this. I think it's going to be a little tighter, a little closer, and I'm going to give France the nod, winning this one nil. Okay, so we both have at least. France keeping the opposition from scoring and, and winning. So we'll be able to see how the, how it plays out. So looking forward to it. And here we are in the international break. Euro qualifiers, really excited. Just have to almost mention it again in today's match, Italy versus England. England's win, victorious Kane with an opportunity at the spot. Guess what? He converts that one for the winner. Top English goal scorer. England hadn't won in Italy since 1961. It's a big Big match for them, big win for them to start off their qualifiers, the campaign here. So congratulations to England. Congratulations to Kane. Just wanted to, to shout out, give a shout out to them then as we are in our international break feature. So, uh, Jeff, glad to be a part of the pitch pot as always. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. Hats off to Kane. That's, that's a huge deal, as you said. Um, and it was a great match. Yeah. Um, so, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you like the content that we're bringing. We plan to bring a lot more coming at you real soon. As always, the best way to support us here at the Pitch Pod is to please like, subscribe. We would really appreciate it. So, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Enjoy the match. Keep pitching out there, everyone. In a game, the round ball 
around posts, anything can happen.